welcome to Economics Happy Hour. My name's Matt. And I'm Jadrian. And we are in the third of three podcast recordings from 16 Lots, I think, Outpost in Newport, Kentucky. Kentucky. As part of the Jet Set Conference. So we didn't mention this in the last one, but we should probably remind you again, we are here for Jet Set 2023, which is sponsored by the Journal of Economics Teaching. That's the Jet Symposium on Economics Teaching. That's the set part. So we are jet setting to Northern Kentucky today. And those who are listening, this has come out two weeks after the previous one where we were here, four weeks after the you know, first one where we were here, and about in real time, it's been about one hour <laughs> yes. uh, for us. But and we are drinking half pours because we're not animals, and we did not want to drink three beers in, in an hour. Yes, I, I am not drinking a half pour. <laughs> so, I only have half left. But this, this is, is John's first episode, John, so he has a full one. John is an animal. So. so let me introduce John, and then we can introduce our drinks. So we kind of mm. do them all at once. So I have the privilege of introducing John today. Uh, John Krugel is the director for the Center of Economics Education at uh, James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and he is also a lecturer of economics in the Department of Economics, so he both teaches and teaches teachers how to teach, which I always love to say that combination. Uh, He is teaching and teaching the teachers. Uh, John is, we're going to hopefully talk about it a little bit too, uh, a graduate of the Delaware program. Uh, So those of you who are economic educators may know the Delaware program, but it is a very cool program uh, hosted by the university, well, I shouldn't say hosted, awarded by the University of Delaware. Uh, He has a master's in the economics of education, or economics for educators. Uh, So they have a special economics education graduate program to, again, help teachers teach economics to teachers. So really cool program, so hopefully we get to talk about all of that. Uh, Drinks. uh, Let's go, John. Tell us what you're drinking. So I have a Hefeweizen. Um, this is uh, Palm. I get very nervous. I taught in southern Indiana for a couple of years, and so I always mispronounce this <laughs> town. Uh, so I'm going to say it's Palmyra, uh, named after the small town in southern Indiana. So. Very cool. Matt, what do you have? I have the, and speaking of mispronunciations, <laughs> this is going to be terrible. I'll say it's the Vlatava Pilsner. It's a Czech-style Pilsner. I saw it, um, well... My choice of the drinks, my two five-ounce pours were IPAs. They're now out of the IPAs for me to choose from. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is. is a, it's, you, it's close. It is. You're a neighbor, beer. and uh, I'm half Czech. Uh, my my mom's side was all Czech, so I figured hey, I'll have a. This is this is my heritage. So <laughs> so it is summertime, and it is a little warm outside. Uh, so I went with a New Spain Mexican Lager. Uh, but we're all drinking from 16 lots, so it's all from the same brewery. Has yep. been at least the two I've had so far. Very delicious. Uh, I'm expecting number three to be very good too. Yeah. Toast them. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I know we cheers at the <laughs> end, and I'm just we drinking the first. We cheers at the beginning and the end. Yeah. We, yeah. Cheers just, a lot. Uh, I'm screwing everything up with drinking first, but the um, yeah, it's a good beer though. Your beer's oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Awesome, awesome. So excited to have you on to talk a, a little bit about um, for especially for the listeners. I mean, we have some idea, but we still don't know the ins and outs, yeah. but for those who are tuning in, right, there's a wide variety. There'll be some economics educators, and then there are some people who are, you know, business professionals in yeah. all walks of life. What what does it mean that you are directing a center? So the Centers for Econ Ed, and we're all, it's, a, it's an interesting, so I'll give you kind of the thousand uh, foot view of it, and then kind of zoom in on uh, what we specifically are, are doing at our center. But Centers, by and large, there's a national uh, council for economic education, and so we're a part of that network. 
Um, and then there are state councils. Mm-hmm. And so the centers are part of state councils. The state councils oversee the centers. Um, and typically what happens is at the national level, they're, they're heavily involved in developing curriculum and putting forth webinars uh, that teachers can use. And so then the councils kind of, the national council pushes out the curriculum to the statewide councils. And then the centers are the ones responsible for, um, for the most part, the centers are the ones responsible for actually putting together the programming to, you know, maybe uh, if there's a new curriculum to introduce that new curriculum, or just in general, here's a new fun way to teach economics. And we try to bridge that gap, that barrier that sometimes uh, teachers have when teaching economics, because um, we do K-12. So a lot of elementary uh, teachers will come to it, and um, economics is kind of the, I, I, I actually have a presentation that I, that I have that where I call uh, taking the boogeyman out of economics, out of teaching economics. And um, I present it to elementary pre-service teachers, uh, because there's a lot of discomfort, I think, with the topic, especially if you're elementary level uh, and you don't have the content background. Um, you see it kind of diminish a little bit at the high school level, but even then, you have a lot of high school teachers that are, their school just needs an econ teacher. And yeah. it's yep. not their area of specialty. They may not have had a, they may have had maybe one econ class if they're lucky. And so it's, it's a way to get the content, but also the methods. And that's where the Delaware program really helps quite a bit. Um, the methods and being more effective at teaching. And so um, so at the center, we really do focus on working with the schools, um, but it's working with the administration to identify what are the gaps? What are the sure. needs that you have? Is there a program that we can offer? Is there a PD session that we can come in and do for your teachers? Uh, it's working with the teachers, of course, to make sure that what we're doing works for them because there's a differing perspective with the administrative perspective and the teacher perspective. And then we also do stuff for uh, students. Like at JMU, we have uh, now uh, three kind of tentpole programs that we offer each year. We have two that involve the FBLA, the Future Business yep. Very excited. Yeah. Very good programs. <laughs> I don't know if you picked up, there's a yeah. screaming kid in the background. They're talking about FBLA. And they, the kids, yeah, kids go they, crazy for we're like, yes, FBLA. That's what we want to do. Uh, so FBLA stands for Future Business Leaders of America, if you are unfamiliar with the acronym. Um, and so we have one where we prepare high school FBLA students to compete at the state level and regional level competitions. We give them kind of a um, practice session that then gets them. And we hope that we just want our, our students in our area to feel a little more comfortable with it and to perform better. And that's something that the administration really asked for. And so we said, sure, we'll do that. So we bring, uh, last time we did for the high school, we had over 200 uh, students, oh, um, six different divisions. Uh, so in, in Virginia, this is I I, I, t- I taught in Indiana, so it's there's some terminology and some kind of quirks to Virginia that I still kind of trip up on. Like I'm used to saying districts for schools, but uh, divisions is what they say in Virginia. Okay. So we had about uh, six divisions uh, represented in over 200 students, and then because of the success with the high school FBLA program, they actually asked us to do one for the middle school level, uh, and that one is more of a we want middle schools to have an FBLA. Um, and there's a bit of a mandate issue there. Again, the administration were asking for that. They could get some more funding and, and things like that. And so so we just did a pilot uh, for the middle school one and uh, had some success. And so we didn't have quite as We had about 150 uh, students, not as many. We, we started smaller mm-hmm. uh, because we were piloting it. We, you know, aim small, miss small yeah, kind yep. of thing. Um, and so, and then um, the other big one that we do is for elementary. So we're now trying to hit K- K-12 all the way across. We do one... Um, so this started with one of my the predecessor, two people before me started a program called, they call it GEMFAIR, Global Entrepreneurship Marketplace is what it stands for. 
uh, and it's a classroom mini economy, uh, which is a fairly common thing. Students create a product, they sell it to each other, they earn money through doing tasks or what have yep, you, yep. and then they use that money to buy products from each other. And so they do that in their own individual classrooms, but what we do is we do like a regional market where then they, they make a second round of those products, they bring it to JMU, and they sell it to each other. But what we do is, uh, so it, we started it when the European Union kind of formed as a way to introduce uh, the idea of exchange rates. And so what we do is we take their, however many of their currency they had, we average it out, and then we say, well, now you have this new currency when you come to JMU that you're gonna have to use to buy the products. And so we have some math lessons that you can, we try to keep it, it's it's meant for three through six, really, three through eight. Third grade. Uh, yeah, third yeah, grade yeah. through eighth grade, but we predominantly get like third through fifth that show up, and so we have to keep it, you can't get too complicated with an exchange rate. Um, but we have some math lessons that they can do with it and extensions. Cool. We offer up a bunch of awards and all the, and it's, you know, nothing crazy, but we do like, they get bags of goodies and stuff and they really enjoy it. And so we have that element where we do student-based stuff, but a lot of it is also programming for teachers on yeah. curriculum and, and activities they can use, so. Yeah, and I mean, like, a wonderful service, I mean, like, great service, yeah. because as you mentioned, many, many teachers, kid who does not want to be school in school <laughs> screaming in the background many uh, you know many teachers will have had no economics and others will have had yeah. some but yeah. even if you've had some professional development to learn great methods what I what I love about centers and what they can accomplish and Jadrian's talk at the one at <laughs> Susquehanna some is if you if you reach 20 teachers you could really be reaching 2,000 exactly. students exactly. in a yeah. year. If you can give them one new lesson that yeah. helps them teach better, you've helped 2,000 students learn a topic better. Yeah. So the what, you're, what it sounds like you're doing, I mean, you've, your impact has to be tens or hundreds of thousands, I would imagine. That's what we hope, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is interesting because we don't get too much into the numbers. Uh, we're starting to. I think data-driven kind of analysis is really coming to the forefront sure. of a lot of centers and councils. And so, yeah, we have kind of that almost three-prong approach. But, yeah, you have the multiplier effect that exists with just teachers. But then you also have what's what's fascinating with some of the student programs that we have. Um, the gem fair that we did, I think it was two years ago. So one of the awards that we give is, like, best entrepreneur, best sales pitch, that kind of stuff. And so we had um, one of ours that designed. We also do a design competition for the money. And we had a person that designed, won the award for the design for money. It was actually a JMU. So she won it in, like, third grade. Hmm. And she was an undergrad at JMU. Oh, that's so cool. And so cool. we were able to have her come and present the award to that year's winner that of the awesome. design. And yeah. so to see little things like that where you know you had an impact yeah. and be able to talk to her yeah. about, hey, what, what you know. I mean, what JMU wrote an article about this, right? Like that yeah, has yeah, to yeah. be JMU yeah. news. Like that's, yeah. that's front page of the Very website. Cool. Yes. Uh, we had a nice photo yeah. Of, of, yeah. And so, um, and we literally wrote an article while well, we, before I was there, Bill Wood, who was the center director before me, and, um, uh, they wrote an article on using the gym fair to help teach economics at the elementary level. And so mm -hmm. um, we think it's one that's just really great. The, the regional market place you don't see as often anymore as you used to. It's kind of faded. It's, it's a very costly program to run. And we're, we're, bene we, we're fortunate that we have a lot of funding that comes from local businesses uh, through an organization that funds us. We have a board. Um, I should plug them, your economic success. Uh, and so they're very yes. nice. And the, yes, they give us... They, that's our, we, yeah. we try to be very positive. Your Affirmation. Success. Yes. Success. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, so yeah, so they, they are very generous with the funding that they provide. And so we're able to do a lot of these things that maybe other centers are not able to do. And we're very fortunate with that. That's, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Now, you, um, 
Jadrian touched that on the introduction, right? Your background, you, your degree is from Delaware, and they have a little bit of a, little bit of a different, or at least had. I don't know if it's still going on, but I know that the program. The is master's a program bit is still going. The master's yes. program, program is still going. Um, and it's a little bit of a different program. Yeah. Than, can you explain a little how that might differ from a? Yes. So, um, so your typical master's in economics is obviously going to be very content focused, and this is um, like an interesting combination of. You almost have, uh, so that, let me back up. So the program itself is designed for teachers. And so you have a intensive in-person summer long program. So you go for like five or six weeks and it's all day. You're getting, you're getting micro macro and then you're also getting uh, content, uh, pedagogy beyond the content, right? So, um, and you learn from some of the best. Bonnie Mazzaro's uh, was one of my instructors. Uh, and so uh, she's just in the world of, curriculum development she is a juggernaut right and so to learn how to develop curriculum from someone like that is just amazing uh, and so you get um, kind of the intensive uh, intermediate micro macro uh, and then you get uh, fiscal policy monetary policy but then it's also okay but how do you explain these concepts to students and to teachers and for the thesis it's more of a project that you do where you have to illustrate that you've gone and implemented it's an implementation plan so you have to show how you've implemented what you have learned and what you've been using in your area and so what I did is I did this is part of how I got involved with the Indiana Council is I um, did a lot of uh, workshops and programs for Indianapolis public school teachers and, and things of that nature where I would implement different programs and so it was it's a very much it, it's more of the application than than the theory in a lot of it and so you almost have those two tracks happening at the same yep. time yeah um, and so, yeah, so then and then during the school year, when you're teaching, you have your classes that are online, the, the portion that's the online part, uh, where a lot of the content comes into play there more so yeah, yeah. than the summer. Um, yeah. And in the summer, you're living in dorms, right? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a full camp. I've said a couple. What? Of, yeah. Also, because so when I was in State College, right, so some of the teachers, when they drive over, um, will go through, I don't know the name of the interstate, whatever the Harris, the one that goes through Harrisburg, right, like across... Pittsburgh and like 70? Yeah, correct, because there's not a highway that really goes. The one that Harrisburg to Pittsburgh 76. Yeah, so they'll, they'll go that way to go to Delaware. Um, and so a lot of teachers have stopped by, like they come to okay. State College. And so, like, Luke Starkey is one of them. Oh, he stopped yeah, yeah. by last. Well, Luke Starkey's an Indiana guy, too, right? Yep. So um, I've yep. never met him, but, you know, social media kind yeah. of content. So they, you know, they, they put him in the dorms. They do a lot of, like, it, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's adults, right? Like, I mean, it's mostly yeah. it's teachers who are going back to get this extra yes. degree. Um, but they they try to do actually make it like a campus experience. Like, y'all go to baseball yeah. games, y'all go to museums. Yep. Yep. Like, we you went, do we activities to the, together. We go to the Philly Fed. Yeah. Uh, we went to Brookings and, and uh, Heritage Foundation. We do kind of, they used to go to New York for the stock exchange and stuff like that. So it, it depends on the funding yep. that they have. Yeah. But yeah, they do try to, so your cohort becomes very tight. That's and so, like, right. when you just had... Yeah, because you're staying in the dorm with... Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. staying in the dorm with another adult. Yeah. Uh, well, you could pay more and get a solo. Pay, yeah, yeah. I did the I did the roommate one year, and then I did the solo the okay. other year. Who, um, do you want to tell us who the roommate was? I had a roommate. Is there yeah. a roommate that... Is there, is there no, he's a fine. you were solo? No, he's fine. Okay. I just... Uh, I just... I, I, you may not want to be publicized <laughs> yes. to the hundreds. Yeah, I don't want to... Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he's comfortable with that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he's fine. I just... Um, I don't know. Had, Where's I, he from? Florida. Okay. And so, uh, but like, uh, so you just had Mary Claire, well, however many weeks ago you had Mary Claire on. Yeah. Uh, and so, but at, at the St. Louis Fed, I have um, two members of my cohort are now there. Uh, oh, Amanda cool. and, and Alexander, uh, they're, they're amazing. And uh, Andrea is amazing. Uh, Amanda is amazing. And uh, 
Uh, but yeah, we, we went through the struggles together and stuff like that. So it's 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 uh, really cool to see that element as well. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah. Cool. The, so you're part of your job as center director and part of your job. But what, what kind of teaching? So I do principles. Do so I do uh, I do I get one off for the okay. for the center. Uh, but I, so I do this. So at JMU we do macro first. Okay. So I'll do two courses or two classes of intro to, uh, we call it intro but uh, principles back sure. and then in the spring i'll do two of micro wow so a two two load and the center director yes at the same yeah, time. Yeah, okay yeah, yeah. so i I'm, I'm, I'm on a kind of i'm on a three three load i only get one course off for the director spot you do so much more work than what i do like directing like my director stuff is tiny like, I direct an undergrad program. Like, I just got to make sure yeah. they register for classes and teachers are assigned. You're putting on, like, workshops and webinars. and Yeah, we and do eight workshops a semester. Uh, we try to do four elementary sort of level, four upper, like, yeah. secondary level. So we have 16 total. But but I'm fortunate, again, because we're, we're very well funded. Uh, yeah. our, our board provides the has an endowment that provides for an associate director who does a lot of the programming yep, for the teachers. Right. And so it allows right. me to focus on the kind of the outreach with the administration. Like, I'm able to focus more on the schools in general, as well as being the bridge with the econ department, the college of business. You also Perfect. were a high school teacher before. Yes, yeah, 15, yeah. over 15 years at the, at the really K-12, because my first job, what really got me wanting to be at a center was my first teaching job. I had uh, a professor at Purdue, uh, Chris McGrew, who was, who was with the Indiana Council. Okay. And so he got me my first job overseas teaching in China. And so I taught elementary and middle school there. And then most of my career, though, 50, over 15 years at the high school level. Okay. AP Econ? No, no, no. Just on 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 on, uh, on, on level. level. On uh, level. Econ. I, I like to think of, like, I, I did a pretty good job, I think, with the content. So I feel comfortable that my students could have at least done okay on an AP test. But I never, honestly, like, uh, I don't know how to put this delicate. I'm sure we have some listeners that are very big AP people. I don't care for the AP. I don't like, I don't, the assessment part of it, I'm not a fan of. And so I just never really pushed for it. I was interested in doing dual, but not very interested in doing AP. Uh, and so, yeah. so I'll ask you as a, well, we can make this part of our transition part. Maybe your answer is the same. I, I don't know. Actually, there, I feel like there's almost two things that I want to ask you. Um, I was going to ask you your favorite concept, but maybe we can squeeze that in really sh- okay, quickly, yep. shortly. If you could pick, I'm going to ask you to pick only one thing. For time considerations, pick one thing. What is the biggest difference you experience from a high school teacher to a college teacher? Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. We only so, pick one, so give me a two-minute. I know how much time. Time. time Can right? I say time in we, general? We have, we have like, a lot of questions we have. So yeah, give yeah, me yeah, two yeah. minutes. What's your time? So it, okay. it, it, it's a good and bad. So the amount of classroom time that you have is far less than I realized in college in college okay. so I had them five days a week and 50 yeah. minutes at least yeah. I didn't teach block right and then in college like I started putting together my syllabus and I realized real quick I can't cover as much in class they need to do more outside of class so that's a big part of the time but then the other part is also I get time to like lesson plan and grade mm-hmm. where I just can sit and do it and not have to teach and then at the Another end of lesson. the day yeah. After school, do all of my grading. I can just sit and like, that's so nice. Like, I don't know how to explain how nice it is to just be able to sit and think, what would make this lesson better? Oh, this might be cool. Let's actually, instead of just having to grind through it, um, numbers are fairly similar. Grading is 
fairly similar. I mean, it's actually not as much grading either time consideration-wise. Uh, the assessments are not as intensive. Well, I mean, it's, it's there's they're, they're more intensive, but there's just, you know, the, the four of them as opposed to a weekly test that you have to do. So, yeah, time, I would say, is the biggest difference. Uh, good that's, answer. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's fascinating. I, I don't think... I don't know what I would have expected, but it, yeah. it wouldn't have been that much. Content is, honestly, there's a lot of overlap with the content. Sure. Um, it, you know, once you get, you definitely get more in depth with the content. So it's, but, yep. but the biggest, the most, the most unexpected difference was the time. Yeah. Yep. So you could pick high school or college, okay. right? I, doesn't matter. Two minute answer. Oh goodness. Okay. Favorite topic to teach. Okay. So it might be different, right? Like it's maybe the same. It's, it's the same. The same. Okay. Because it's a hard one to teach. Uh, but I think it's important that students understand it, and I think it's something that affects them a lot, and they, it's very counterintuitive, but comparative advantage. Comparative advantage yeah. is my favorite one to teach. Uh, there's a lesson that I use. I call it Tony and Nino. Uh, it's not called that. I think it's called, like, who should do what. Something like that is the lesson. Uh, but the activity that I use in the lesson is a pizza shop, and there's Tony owns the pizza shop, and he has an absolute advantage. He can make more pizzas and more salads in an hour, than the person that he's gonna hire, Nino. And so it's the opposite, one, one of them owns it, one of them, and so they have to do the calculation, uh, and it's the way that it's done, by the end of the, by the end of that very quick handout, students understand it better. Uh, and it's also one of those where you just can really stress, like, you can come back to it. That's the best part that I like. Yep. You introduce it, and then when you get into like trade at the end, of like, you can talk about, you know, why is it that we should trade with, with this other country, even though we could do it better here in America? You know, why yeah. should we trade with, say, China or India or whoever? Um, and the same thing with Mike, right? Why as an employer should I hire this employee, even though maybe they're not as good yep. at yep. doing something, right? So, For the listeners who need a refresh, oh, no, no, so many will know right. that inside now, but there will be some who, comparative advantage isn't known. Comparative advantage, it's the idea that if you have two individuals, or you could say two countries, um, even if somebody is better at everything, one country, it will be more efficient to do one of the various tasks. Um, and it, it's based on how well can you do one task versus doing that opposite task. So if you have, um, you know, if you have two individuals, well, the pizza yeah. shop, for right. example, yeah. right? Um, I don't know what the two tasks were. It was salad, salad and making, pizza. Making salad a pizza and, pizza and making a salad. And I love it. But I also, do I have, okay, can I do it real quick? Like just, <laughs> yeah. so I use, I used to, at high school, I would say, I have an, I would just kind of joke about how I have, I could, if I wanted to, I could handwrite every paper that I hand out. I even joked that I had great penmanship, which they would call me out on real quick because they could see how sloppy I was on the board. Uh, but then I told them, no, no, no. If I really wanted to, I actually do calligraphy as a side gig, and I made this whole backstory about how I like have a calligraphy business. Yeah. I said, but I don't have my pens with me, so I can't show you. Well, one day a kid actually, I don't know why. Part of calligraphy. He had, no, he had it. Like, I didn't, like, he didn't bring it afterwards. He had it as I was saying it. He pulled it out. He's like, well, I got a, I've got a calligraphy set. Show us. And I was like, well, now I'm lying. Clearly, you, you've called me out on this. So, uh, yeah, so I used to tell the calligraphy story, and then I got called out. And, yeah. Yeah, so. Who what cares? random right. kid has right. a calligraphy right. college student? No, no, no. This was high, high school. school. Just a very, like, I think he was a, a big into arts. Yeah. And he just yeah. really, and I should have, yeah. But, you know. So we've asked you a lot of questions. Yeah. John, oh, you yes. have a question for one of us, yes. not for me. So that's yes. good. I know what the question is. Okay. So, so, so the more of these that I've listened to, the more I've just, I don't, and it may have been brought up. I don't think it has. So I apologize. No, it has not. 
So I'm just really curious. What what got you into? What piqued your interest in Broadway musical or just musical oh, in general? Oh yeah, um, that's a good question. Well, so okay, so if you have not listened previously, Matt operates the Broadway Econ website. Yes. Has written a textbook on uh, that. On, on Broadway yeah, Econ. Broadway, yeah, Broadway. Um, and most of I won't say most. A lot of his pop culture examples have been Broadway, Broadway musicals. Yeah. So I I took a theater appreciation class. I think there's a two part to this. And you talk about a well-rounded college education. Yeah. And we've talked about, uh, mm-hmm. Jadri, we've talked on a previous episode, the value of that. This was to satisfy the fine arts class. And it was Professor John Butts was his name. Um, and I came out of that class liking theater. Yeah. It was like, this is really cool. And some of the stuff, and he related it to, you know, he was able to relate it to an, an idiot business major like me. Um, <laughs> so that was my sophomore year. And then... Um, my wife was a music and theater double major when I met her. And so we went for, we started dating summer before my junior year, a ba- yeah, late summer before the junior year, basically. But, um, and then for Christmas, for a present, I called, I called her mom over Thanksgiving and said, there's actually two musicals here. I know she's big into musicals. One was Annie and one was Sunset Boulevard. And I'd heard of Annie. I had no idea what this other one was. And she goes, look, she'd be happy to go to either. She'd really like Sunset Boulevard, which was by far the better choice. And so she came up and I saw that and I was like, this is pretty amazing. So that was kind of the start. And then we started going to some. You know, this sounds like almost like the start of a game theory game that you could squeeze in with Amanda. It's that classic, right? Like, do you go to the mall or the movie? Right. What's the one that's like, you go to the football game or you go to the movie? It's the the dating one, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you should, you should almost rewrite this game theory though of like with me, yeah. yeah be like, look, I was I was dating my wife, and we didn't know which movie to go to, but like I've heard of Annie, but she really wanted. Like you could just recreate this yeah, whole thing. Trust me, I had I did not have excitement about choosing it, right, right? But I was like, oh, whatever, you know. But you know it, right? Yeah, I heard of Annie, yeah. so um, yeah. but so we went to that, and it was, um, and so we started going to them semi regularly, yeah. and then um, just started kind of getting into them. And that being, we're three hours from New York. Right. So we could go to them. We took the kids to them. And I, I've said this before, so I have three kids. And I think there are, this is, you know, a slight exaggeration, but not too much. Mm-hmm. There are, I think, three things everybody in our family likes. Yeah. One is escape rooms. Okay. Right. One is going out to dinner and eating. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves food. Right. Um and the third would be um, Broadway shows. I, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but like, yeah. like tri- you know, trivia nights. Like sometimes we'll do a trivia night together. Um, you okay. know, little yeah, games yeah, yeah. and stuff. But it, one of the kids isn't a huge fan in of movies. Like two hours in a movie theater is just seems like torture. Um, a couple of them going to a sporting events doesn't seem that exciting. So yeah. this is something the whole family likes. To awesome. No, great question. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, of course. Thank yeah. you. I, I didn't have it. He asked me on the drive. So John and I drove up here from Blacksburg to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, well, John drove from Harrisonburg down to Blacksburg. So he drove two hours to me, and then we drove six hours together to Cincinnati. Yeah. So he asked me this question on the drive, and I go, I have no idea. Yeah. I go, you should ask him tomorrow. <laughs> no. uh, so I'm glad that you were able to get it down. Yeah, I wish there was a better story, but no, I never did high school no, shows. No, that's a good story. That's a good story. Like that's that, not yeah. a bad story. So pop culture, I owe Matt a pop culture reference. So okay. John, I can do two and then you go. I can do one and you go. One, I go. So yeah, I kind of forgot about the quote. So if you could go first, go first. that would give me some, I'm buying some so time. So you, broad rules, 
or Jay's basically just any pop culture. Okay. If you can tie it to the concept or something we've talked about today, you get a bonus. You get bonus a points, bonus basically. sticker. Oh, bonus sticker. Okay, so, I got it. Okay. I'll give you extra stickers. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you my pop culture reference. Um, this is the one that I use in my principal's class when I teach comparative advantage. So I'm, I'm going to pluck it out of mine. Uh, there's an episode of King of the Hill. It is actually, I think, one of the very first episode scenes that I ever clipped to put on the economics media library. Like it's, it is that old, and I've like reclipped it to make it better. Um, Hank has invited his neighbor over uh, to his house to have beers and barbecue with his friends, and his uh, his neighbor is Canadian, uh, and so his friends start roasting him, going, uh, his friends start roasting him, and basically saying like, uh, what's so special about Canada? Like they don't have any good beers and. Uh, and they, they can't win at the Olympics and stuff like that. And the Canadian neighbor is basically just like, why is your beer so awful? And uh, we invented penicillin and like we did all these other things. So I use it as this sort of like, I, I basically bring it up as like, why are some countries better at other countries at sports? Why are some countries better at food? So that's my, I show it very early as like, this is my introduction to this idea that we do, all of us, talk about and recognize comparative advantage. Yeah. That yeah. there are businesses that are better than others, countries that are better than others. Uh, there are very, very few pop culture comparative advantage clips, which yeah. is why you're struggling to yeah. think about this. I have that one, and I have one that's... I, I have one. I think I actually... I could be wrong, but I think I sent it to you to put on the Econ Media Library. And I didn't do it. So No, no, no. It's on okay. there. I think, I think it's on. I think I saw it. So I was I got real into Kim's convenience. Yes. And there's a so it's so okay. I don't even know so what the this Canadian is. the Canadian reference jogged my memory. Yeah, on yeah. It. So it's a Canadian sitcom. It, it was only on for like three, maybe four seasons. But it's a it's a Korean family that owns a Korean, uh, convenience store. Okay. And it's just you know a typical sitcom kind of situation. Um, but so there's an episode, and I'm gonna get it wrong. But there's an episode where I think, so the, the husband, it's a very kind of traditional style of, of family, not what we would see today very often, right? And that's part of the, the part of what makes the show the show, right? Is kind of that dynamic. And so the husband does the driving often, right? The wife does the cooking. And there's an episode where the wife drives somewhere and the husband cooks something. And the, I think the wife gets into oh, a bit wow. of a fender bender and the husband messes up. The, and so... That to me is an example of you should just do what you do best, right? And so, but I also, I'm going to do, if I can. Well, then I'll let you do two. I'll give away my second one. This is loosely related, but I show it in class. There's the movie uh, Outsourced, which Mm -hmm. was a TV show, but I think this is from the movie. Okay. Where there's the call center, and the guy calls in, and he's upset because he wants to get, uh, I think it's an American Eagle statue. (laughs) And uh, and I I show it a lot, so that's why. And so he gets very upset that he's calling an Indian call center about... The American Eagle, and yeah. yeah, and the company is you know based in India, and he's very upset, or maybe Bangladesh. I think it's India, and so it's India, and so then she says, "Well, sir, we can very. I will. I found one made in America for you. It just costs like ten dollars more or something, yeah, twenty dollars yeah. more." And he's like, "I'll take the one that you guys." And so, that's a fantastic. Yeah, we will so link to that. Two, yeah, that is yeah. a shame. Uh, I'll 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 do one, and I'll make it Broadway related. Yeah, so yeah. If you ask the question, <laughs> it, and. I don't know that it does comparative advantage, but it does absolute advantage. And it's a song that you both might know. Uh-oh. This will be a weird pause. Do you have it? Is it that one? 
It, uh, that one's on the list. That wasn't oh, okay. the one I was going to do. That wasn't the one I was going to I'll share do. what it no, was in a okay, second. Um, say, well, this here. is actually anything you can do. Ah, I can do better yeah. from uh, Annie, get your gun. Right? They both basically are trying to claim they have absolute advantages, but even if one of them does, yeah. there's still a comparative advantage, and they could get gains from trade. That's so a good one. The one that I showed Matt just a second ago that I was going to chime in for my second one uh, was from... Uh, <laughs> now I can't think of the name. Beauty of the, and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Thank you, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Gaston song of uh, no one can do anything else like Gaston. No one is as slick yes. as him. No one is as quick as him. He's yeah. the best fighter, wrestler, lover, and spitter. Is that's a big <laughs> yeah. part of it? Yep. He spits. Yeah. No one can spit like Gaston. So I use that in the absolute advantage part. That even if yeah. he is good at all these things, he needs Lafu to help him yeah. do some other things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it turns out actually we do have a lot of pop culture examples, and yeah, just had to look the, them up a little yeah. bit. But, um, well, well, thank you for yeah, thank you for having coming. me. Yeah, thank you for coming here today. Thank you for all the listeners for uh, tuning in. We, you know, we've recorded three at once, and we've neglected. Uh, I might even put this in front of the others okay. in audio, but we now have economics happy hour stickers. Yes, and we would be happy. We to, talked about it in an yeah, old we episode. Talked about it in the previous. We will be happy to mail anybody an economics happy hour sticker. Just. Leave us a five-star review and a short comment explaining why you like the show. Screenshot, email us at, I believe it is econhappyhour at gmail.com. Thanks, so. um, Or leave a message in the show notes asking us about it. Or just Google us and send us <laughs> either of our email addresses. We'll get you the and stickers. And we will happily mail you a sticker in exchange for a five-star review on your favorite podcast listening uh, Sites, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're not all apps. Podcast listening apps. Apple, we're on Apple yeah. Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, all of the places. We're all, all of the places. But well, uh, your beer is good. I'm so good. Mine was delicious. Cheers. 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 Until next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you.